Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now, I know you haven't heard this. Just a few minutes ago, just a few minutes ago, Joe Biden, cut 20, go. It's customary. We generally have a question period, and there were some questions that were asked me. Here is a question. Professor, why do you wear tennis shoes? Well, that's a two-part question. First, you ask why. Well, why has been plaguing man since time immemorial? Statesmen, philosophers, educators, teachers, scientists have been asking the ultimate why. And in these few moments allocated me, it would be ludicrous on my part for the sake of brevity to delve into the ultimate why. <laughs> Do I wear sneakers? Yes! not only understanding, but as Joachim ben Zakai once said, remember, wherever you go, there you are. All right, that is a comedian since past, Professor Erwin Corey, used to crack me up when I would watch him. And Joe Biden, in many ways, reminds me of Professor Erwin Corey. Now, before we get to this, I want to say something that I know is a little different from everybody else. I want to thank the President of the United States, the Vice President of the United States, and their staffs. I want to thank the folks at the CDC, the NIH, HHS, and all the other entities within our federal scientific world. I want to thank all those in the private sector whether they're pharmaceutical companies, lab companies, hospitals, doctors, what have you, nurses. I want to thank you all for what you're doing, what you're going through, and your effort to protect your fellow citizens. And I know many of you are working 24-7, and you don't feel appreciated because of the poison of politics, the virus of politics. Partisan, left-wing, Democrat, media, politics. That's poured into the veins of our body politic. But there are people working very hard, getting no sleep, trying to figure out how to tackle this virus, trying to figure out how to contain it, trying to figure out how to protect our elderly, trying to figure out how to protect those among us who have weak immune systems. And I'll go even a step further and shock many of you. Our school systems have to figure out how to deal with this. 
And they're trying to figure out how to deal with this. As well as other entities, major American corporations. But we're Americans, and it's about time we act like it. We'll figure it out. Nobody else will. We will. And under the circumstances, we're doing a hell of a good job. There are people out there for television ratings, for radio ratings, for website hits, who are utterly out of control. Their comments are outrageous. They don't care about their impact on the body politic. I'm not talking about being a Pollyanna. I'm not talking about a cover-up. But they contribute nothing, absolutely nothing, to what's going on in this country. Nothing. But they're good at second-guessing. They're good at looking over their shoulders and assigning blame and assessing what should have been done, what could have been done, which really couldn't have been done and maybe even shouldn't have been done. Some of the people pointing fingers paralyzed the United States Congress for months, including the lead-up to this virus. For months. They even sat on supplemental funding for the executive branch to try and make this even more of a political issue. Our media which now just grill the president, grill the vice president, mock them, make fun of them. You can look at that Mediaite and these other sites, which are really quite grotesque, run by a bunch of punk nerds who've accomplished nothing in their lives. Or you can go to the homepage of Drudge, my buddy. Just one hyper link after another, after another, after another. I'm not calling for a cover-up. But it's about time those people who are working when we're sleeping, those people who are working through the weekends when we're playing, who are working morning, noon, and night, get a little thanks from the rest of us. Because this is a very complex and complicated matter. You can't snap your fingers and have a, a vaccine. It doesn't work that way. We've talked about this. We're very lucky to have the pharmaceutical companies we have here. They're under attack relentlessly. We're very lucky to have the private labs that we have. And some of the labs in the federal government. Very lucky to have these people. Capitalism will solve this. A republic, a republican form of government, will help solve this. And rather than attacking the president relentlessly, idiotically, imbecilically, and the vice president, and the various scientists and experts who are working on this. How about we give them a that a boy every now and then and tell them we back them, encourage them, show them some positive support? Because I, I honestly am sick and damn tired of this. Who knows? Maybe I'll get this. Who knows? Maybe somebody I love will get this. It's not the fault of the president, the vice president, the federal bureaucracy, or any pharmacy. It's not the fault of an insurance company. You know, the spitballers and the tomato throwers are a dime a dozen. They're the same people who rip this republic and rip capitalism every damn day. 
they point to China and Cuba as paradises with a little problem with authoritarianism, of course. Chuck Todd, Thomas Friedman, Bernie Sanders. The answers aren't going to come from these totalitarian regimes. They're going to come from a free people. A free people. Do you think these people who keep showing up on TV, the Secretary of HHS, the head of the CDC, the head of NIH, you think they're enjoying this? You think they're enjoying facing these these so-called journalists and being pummeled and then going back to their offices and going back to their staff, going back to their teams to try and resolve this and find answers? Only to know that the next day they're going to be unappreciated and attacked again? This doesn't help our country. I could sit here like any two-bit radio host or TV host and go through, uh, you know, this should have happened and that should have happened. How the hell do I know what should have happened? But I'm really sick of it. I am appalled. These people who are breaking their backs, local, county, state, federal, to try and keep us safe, to try and help people who are sick, to try and figure out very complicated things like these massive cruise ships. What do we do? Securing the border. Isolating individuals. Opening schools. Closing schools. These are the people making the hard decisions. These are the people who are the standouts, who are the best we have. Not the whiners, not the complainers in politics and the media. They're a dime a dozen. They don't do a damn thing. Now, I don't know. None of us know how this is going to turn out. But we know we have faced a hell of a lot worse. Whether it's the, the annual flu that kills twenty-five to 80,000 people a year. Whether it's cancer or diabetes or some other horrific illness or disease. Whether it's war. It's time to act like Americans, not like leftists, not like phony journalists. We are better than these people who are attacking, attacking, attacking. We are a better people than those people. And it's about damn time that those who are breaking their backs to deal with this coronavirus whether it's our scientists and our labs and our pharmaceutical companies, whether it's the president and the vice president and their federal staff, whether it's local health officials, whether it's a local doctor or a nurse or a hospital or what have you, how about a thank you? How about a thank you? I'll be right back. Mark Levin. I've been talking a lot about the four pillars or purposes of the Hillsdale College mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. We focus quite a bit on the first pillar of learning, but what about character? Learning the right things to the point where you truly know them is a rigorous business. It isn't possible without strong character. Hillsdale's great president, Larry Arn, and his outstanding faculty at Hillsdale know that intellectual virtue is meaningless without moral virtue. 
that having knowledge doesn't mean much if you don't use what you know to serve the good, however possible. And here's an outstanding fact. Every entering freshman at Hillsdale signs an honor code that reads as follows. A Hillsdale College student is honorable in conduct, honest in word and deed, dutiful in study and service, and respectful of the rights of others. Through education, the student rises to self-government. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Give an example of what I'm talking about. Bernie Sanders on the Fox News town hall last night. He's asked a question by Martha McCollum. Cut 15, go. One more question with regard to billionaires. Bill Gates is coming up with a, a home t- uh, test kit that he's going to give out all over that area. Other billionaires who are at pharmaceutical companies are putting you know, the pedal to the metal to try to find treatments and vaccines. So there are good things that billionaires do in a time of crisis, right? Martha, but take a step back. I understand that. And I'm not here to demonize anybody. I really am not. I have nothing personal against Bill Gates, who has done many good things in his life. His foundation has done good things. But don't you think it's a bit absurd that in the wealthiest country in the history of the world, we have to depend upon the generosity of billionaires to help us? That's not what's happening. I mean, can, can nobody do anything right by this man, by this Bernie Sanders? Only government apparatchiks? That's it? Now, Bill Gates is a big lib. I don't know the man. I have nothing for him, nothing against him. But if he wants to spend his money coming up with corona home testing kits, shouldn't he be thanked? Shouldn't he get credit? Shouldn't we appreciate it? Billionaires doing what they can do. Corporations doing what they can do scientists, labs in the private sector, in the public sector, and universities doing what they can do. Isn't this a good thing? But he's so stuck in his 1917 ideology. That was the Russian Revolution, for those who don't know. His 1917 ideology. He can't break loose. One of the reasons some of these people are billionaires or worth hundreds of millions of dollars is It's because they invent things that are useful, that are helpful. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. And in turn, if they wish to use their money in the way that Bill Gates is here, thank you. I'll say it. Thank you. He's contributed more, Bill Gates, and I say I don't even care for him. He's contributed more to dealing with this coronavirus than Bernie Sanders has. I want to give you an example of what's going on here. I just want you to get an example. These people are un-American. Un-American. Undermining our country while this virus is on the loose. Undermining our leaders. Undermining our experts. Playing politics. Chuck Schumer today. Cut six. Go. Now, I'm going to be blunt. We are very worried about the president's incompetence and lack of focus on fighting the spread of coronavirus. This is outrageous. Especially coming from him while he's spending time threatening Supreme Court justices, demanding more money to kill more babies. He shut down the United States Senate, he and the Democrats, at a crucial period. 
the president's not incompetent. This is their mantra. This is what they do. And then the questions are asked, you see, by their Democrat friends in the media, the Chuck Todds, the George Stephanopoulos, the Jake Tappers. You know, Chuck Schumer said this. What do you think? Very worried about the president's incompetence and lack of focus? He seems focused like a laser to me. His vice president is still holding a press conference. He's surrounded by experts. They're working with insurance companies to make sure people can get these tests for free. They're working with uh, these labs. Many of you are familiar with them. They're working with the pharmaceutical companies. They're working with the airlines. They're working with the cruise lines. On immigration, they're trying to secure the border. It's one thing after another that they're doing. And these people just walk to a microphone and make these platitudinous, obnoxious statements. They're cheering against America. They dress it up. They dress it up as they're concerned about the president's competence. But they're cheering against America. They're un-American. The things that they're saying, what they are doing, is undermining the effort. Joe Biden, of all people, on MSNBC yesterday. Cut seven, go. Look, um, Lawrence, I don't want to be too critical of the president, but, you know, this gets down to competence and capability. Um, And uh, the... uh, Unfortunately, the president has uh, very little, no competence in how to handle this crisis. Not that there's any clear answer that you're going to make this all go away, but the idea that he this showed- is again this is this is just outrageous. These are talking points. These people show no competence. Schumer has no competence. Biden is like negative competence, Un- incompetent. I mean, honest about God, what else is the president supposed to do? You want to put on a white coat and go into a lab and try and develop an, a, a, an anecdote or a vaccine? It's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. You got Nancy Pelosi throwing in. You've got these phony news people throwing in. David Jolly. This puke was a Republican congressman. He's a leftist. He lost his seat. And he's on TV constantly, no matter what the president does. Trashing him, trashing him, trashing him. He's now a contributor at MSNBC. Eddie Glauday, Jr. Who the hell is that? Same thing. Every day, trashing the president. Incompetence. His incapacity for empathy. And I could go on and on and on. They contribute nothing to this society. How about a few reports on what's actually being done in our labs? In the executive branch. Not one. I'll be right back. I've been talking a lot about the four pillars or purposes of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. We focus quite a bit on the first pillar of learning. But what about character? Learning the right things to the point where you truly know them is a rigorous business. It isn't possible without strong character. Hillsdale's great president, Larry Arnn, and his outstanding faculty at Hillsdale know that intellectual virtue is meaningless without moral virtue, that having knowledge doesn't mean much if you don't use what you know to serve the good, however possible. And here's an outstanding fact. Every entering freshman at Hillsdale signs an honor code that reads as follows. A Hillsdale College student, 
is honorable in conduct, honest in word and deed, dutiful in study and service, and respectful of the rights of others. Through education, the student rises to self-government. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Well, imagine that. The stock market jumped today, Mr. Producer, 1,167 points. Somebody made money. This is what I'm telling you. Look, I'm not reading tea leaves. I just know the long draw of history. Things go up and things go down. When they go down a lot, that's the time to buy. When they go up a lot, that's not the time to buy. It's either hold or sell. I mean, I even had a family member say to me, the stock market's really down. Maybe we should review everything. I said, leave it alone. Ignore it. Or get in more. Just let it go. But the media can't help it. Everything's a panic job. Have you noticed? Panic, 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 hyper, 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 hyper. You'd think this was Italy or China. Or some of these other countries that know how to manage themselves. Of course, they love China. The president is also looking at an economic stimulus. Being incompetent and all, you know, being unfocused and all. Whether you agree with these things or not, what he's discussing with the majority Republicans in the Senate and in the, in the minority in the House is a payroll tax holiday was immediately slammed by the Democrats. They have no idea. They don't care. They say incompetence, incompetence. Um, The major insurance companies have agreed at the request of the president and the vice president that all testing for coronavirus will be covered 100%. No deductibles. No co-pays is what I mean. No co-pays. And if you need treatment for the coronavirus, illness, the insurance companies will cover that, even though you may have a plan that something like this isn't covered, they've agreed to cover it. But of course, the president's unfocused and incompetent, he's not working on anything. He says there's a number of industries that are particularly hard hit. He's looking at the, uh, the cruise lines and soon the airlines, and he's looking for targeted tax relief for these various industries. The Democrats not only don't have any plan, they're trying to obstruct what he's suggesting. They don't come up with alternatives. They have no alternatives. They just keep attacking. They're un-American. Those who attack now are un-American. It's one thing to be critical. I, I got that. But this isn't being critical. This is a relentless attack. Incompetence, unfocused. No, they're not incompetent and they're not unfocused. These politicians and these media types, these politicians and these media types do a grave disservice to this country. Again, I'm not expecting them to be the pom-pom boys and girls, the Rockettes. I don't expect that. Dancing to the 
to the tune of the government, but I do expect them to be responsible. You don't see that. You don't hear that. Anywhere. We should be thanking these companies, not trashing them. We should be thanking these people, not trashing them. We should be thanking these people who work in these various federal entities. They're not paper pushers. These are serious scientists. We should be thanking them. But we're not. We're trashing them. Every day on TV and radio, it's nonstop. Because people get ratings that way. And it's easy to do. If you've never achieved anything in your life, and you sit there and you pontificate, either by asking questions or giving monologues, and you spin conspiracy theories, then you feel great and you go to lunch when you're done. Or you go to dinner, well, hey, you know what, that was a good one, I'm sure that rated, and off you go. Or if you run websites like Mediaite, or Media Matters, or even our friend Drudge right now, it's just hyper, hyper, boom, boom, look at, oh my God, look at, what are we going to, hey, what are we going to do, my God? Everybody, hide under the table. The greatness of this country is in front of you for all to see. Right now. How different individuals with different backgrounds and expertise, different industries, different officials, are working, I might add, in a very collaborative manner. It's the rogue voices that get all the attention in the media because the media is not a free press anymore. They're not giving you the news. They're giving you perceptions. They're giving you pseudo-arguments. They're not giving you the news. Wouldn't it be wonderful if one of these damn newsrooms did a thorough review of what's going on in our pharmaceutical companies, in our labs, at the NIH and the CDC, who's working with whom, who these experts are, And not just in our country, in other countries like Israel and some of these other countries. We don't get any of it. Get a little hit here and there, but that's about it. That's about it. Here is uh, Nancy Pelosi yesterday on whether the president should be tested. Now, this is a new obsession of the media. It's obsession of the Democrats and the Democrat Party press whether the president should be tested. Don't you think the president knows whether he should be tested? They have a full-time doctor on staff at the White House, 24-7. There's always a doctor present. Don't you think the president knows if he should be tested? But they want this to be an issue. You know, last year it was his taxes. Taxes, taxes. You see how things shift? When they come up with a new attack line, they try to exploit various events. No more talk of John Bolton. No more talk of the president's taxes. Doesn't mean they'll circle back. Of course they will. But now, has the president been tested? Because you know he's incompetent. He might be endangering people. This is the, this is the ideology. Cut nine, go. Be tested. He had contact with Congressman Collins. So here we have Manu Raju, who's basically a front man for the Democrat Party on Capitol Hill. Manu Raju. He purportedly works for CNN, but I don't really think he does. He's sort of the Walter Durante of current events in America. Cut nine, go. 
should be tested. He had contact with Congressman Collins and Congressman Gates. And the president should be tested. Tested for what? For coronavirus. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he should be? I think I thought he should be tested for a long time now. See, there's her joke. She thinks he should be tested for a long time now. Really? I suspect that Nancy Pelosi has a good good percentage of her memory burned. Oh, yeah, I really do. She sounds like a walking, talking idiot. Absolute moron. Here's an example I was talking about earlier. David Jolly's a nobody. This guy's a punk. He was a one-term Republican. He worked in Florida state government. He lost. And he spends his every waking hour trashing the president of the United States. That's how he gets on the payroll of MSNBC. Also a lobbyist, or was a lobbyist. It's the only kind of Republican they'll put on MSNBC. Like Michael Steele, the former failed Republican National Committee chairman. Many of you thought you liked him. He's out there. He's shooting spitballs. He's having a grand old time trashing the president of the United States. And for that, he's loved. And of course, that's what Michael wants, love. Cut 10, go. And to use the Katrina analogy, I know you and Eddie had this conversation. His comments that there are only 15 cases, there will soon be zero, are akin to Bush 43 saying Brownie's doing a great job. It was that moment where he can't take it back. Let let me explain to this loser, former congressman lobbyist, what the president's talking about. He doesn't need to take it back. The media are obsessed with statistics, except when they're not. And the president's been told by health experts, he doesn't know it on his own, none of us do, that we lose twenty to 80,000 Americans a year due to the flu, depending on what strand of flu and depending on how bad it is. I hadn't known that prior to this, did you, Mr. Producer? It's an enormous number of people. It's an enormous number of people. And so when the, the media... And the Democrats, that is the Democrat Party media and the Democrats, are throwing numbers out there. The president's responding to them. At that point in time, he said there were 15 cases. There are more now. He said it would grow. They've all said it would grow. They've all said don't panic. So he's trying to provide some context. And this, of course, rubs the media and their paid-for sellout hacks like David Jolly Rubs them the wrong way, because they're there to what? Stoke the flames. Hyperventilate. Trash the president. Trash the president. What they did to the President Bush with Katrina was an outrage, too. They wrapped that around his neck. The Democrat Party, media and the Democrats. So for Jolly to bring this up, too, is outrageous. is absolutely outrageous. They tried to do the same thing with President Trump and the hurricane that slammed into Puerto Rico. But they were throwing resources at that territory, tons of resources, personnel, as much as you possibly could. But it didn't matter to the media who sit on their fat asses and like to attack. Not Obama. Obama with Ebola, perfect. He was unbelievable. My God, this guy, Obama. Of course, he was not incompetent. 
thoroughly experienced man when he came to the presidency. We've never seen anything like him. And of course, a great leader. People just coalesced around this man, Obama. Trump, on the other hand, an incompetent, lacks focus, plays golf. Remember when they decapitated that American ISIS over there? And Obama runs off to the golf course within three minutes. Three minutes. Now there's this guy, Eddie Claudet Jr. on MS. I don't know who this a-hole is. I have no idea. But he's there constantly. How do I know? Because I get all these clips about this guy. But he has something very special. Notice the media don't have actual experts on talking about this. They have their usual hitmen and hitwomen. Whether it's Russia, Ukraine, president's taxes, Southern District of New York and campaign uh, issues and so forth. All concocted, all BS. They bring the same losers back. Just a different event. David Jolly knows nothing about the coronavirus. He knows nothing about what the feds are doing. Nothing about what's going on in the private sector. But he's an MSLSD contributor. Then they bring in Eddie Claudet Jr., another know-nothing left-wing hack. Cut 11, go. I mean, it's ridiculous, Stephanie, on on a certain level. We knew that he lacked a certain kind of capacity for empathy. But in this moment of crisis, we don't need to be talking to the executives of banks. We need to be talking. Okay, okay, okay. This man who really runs nothing except his mouth. He's going on and on. The president lacks empathy. Does that the way it looks to you, ladies and gentlemen? Where he has an economic package he's trying to, to, to make sure the economy doesn't sink? Where he and his people are working hard on addressing this issue? No, it doesn't look. You know what? It looks to me like the clowns at MSLSD lack empathy, lack humanity. Maybe they'll bring back Al Sharpton. Maybe he'll have a full-time daily show, prime time, where he'll explain everything to us. I'll be right back. Lovin. I've been talking a lot about the four pillars or purposes of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. We focus quite a bit on the first pillar of learning. But what about character? Learning the right things to the point where you truly know them is a rigorous business. It isn't possible without strong character. Hillsdale's great president, Larry Arnn, and his outstanding faculty at Hillsdale know that intellectual virtue is meaningless without moral virtue, that having knowledge doesn't mean much if you don't use what you know to serve the good, however possible. And here's an outstanding fact. Every entering freshman at Hillsdale signs an honor code that reads as follows. A Hillsdale College student is honorable in conduct, honest in word and deed, dutiful in study and service, and respectful of the rights of others. Through education, the student rises to self-government. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Did you know the only state in which there's a primary today, Mr. Producer, is Michigan? There's actually six states. They act like the others don't even exist. Some of them are relatively large. you got Missouri as an example. But you wouldn't know it because the media have told you only one state matters. 
Our friends over at Breitbart, Joel Pollack reminds us that Joe Biden spread panic about swine flu in 2009. Politico reported at the time in an interview on NBC's Today Show, Biden said, I would tell members of my family, and I have, I wouldn't go anywhere in confined places now. That's not that it's going to Mexico. It's not that it's going to Mexico. It's that you're in a confined aircraft. When one person sneezes, it goes all the way through the aircraft, and he goes on. What had happened later is White House Press Secretary Robert Gibbs issued an apology for any alarm Biden's remarks may have caused. Biden wasn't capable back then when he was a much younger man with two additional brain tissues to control anything, to run anything. Anything and everything that Joe Biden has put his hands on has turned to dog turds. I mean, this is why, to be honest, Obama, he says, all right, all right, this guy Biden, he's a pain in the ass. I'll tell you what, you're in charge of Ukraine. You handle Ukraine. And he screwed that up. He interferes in an investigation involving his son, interferes with it. All right, I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, The Democrats now are left with two candidates. One who's a Marxist, has spent his entire life being a Marxist. And one who is an idiot, and has spent his entire life being an idiot. I hope you'll check out Levin TV tonight. Those of you who are subscribers, those of you who aren't, I hope you'll subscribe. I take 40 minutes in unraveling Joe Biden like nobody else could and did. Joe Biden is not only a gaffe machine, he is a serial liar. And I believe he believes half of his lies. Because he's repeated them for decades in some cases. He's also not a very nice guy. You'll hear people on TV say, you know, when I meet Joe, he's a good guy. He might be a good guy to them, but to the average guy, he's not. So all you blue-collar workers out there, union, non-union, all you men and women who work on assembly lines, you folks in Pennsylvania where he plays up, he was born in Scranton. He left when he was 9 or 10 years old, of course. I really want you to listen to this. Because this is the way he talks to the little guy. This is what he is really like. Is the audio any good on this, Mr. Producer? This is the best audio. Hat tip, right scoop. It's on Twitter. Cut one, go. About how you intend on getting the union vote when there is a large portion of the union workers that are gun enthusiasts and you are actively trying to diminish our Second Amendment right and take away our guns. You're full of sh- 
Now let's stop. You're full of S, he says to the guy. Did Biden not say last week that Beto O'Rourke, the fake Mexican-American, that he would put him in charge of gun control, Mr. Producer? Didn't Beto O'Rourke talk about forced buybacks? That is, the forcible removal of guns from their owners? Pretty outrageous what he said to this gentleman. And his aide, a female, is saying, shush, shush, because she knows he's a kook. She knows it doesn't take much to set off Joe. Joe wants to fight people in the back. I saw Joe in the Amtrak train. I could take this guy with one arm tied behind my back. He can barely stand. She's going shush, shush, and he's just blowing her off because, man, he's going to let this union worker, this auto worker, he's going to let him have it. Go ahead. I support the Second Amendment. Second Amendment, just like right now, if you yell fire, that's not free speech. From the very beginning, I have a shotgun, I have a 20 gauge, a 12 gauge, my son's hunt. Guess what? You're not allowed to own any weapon. I'm not taking your gun away at all. You need 100 rounds. So when you were in Beto, no. when you said you're going to take our guns, I did not what? say that. That's yeah. not. I did it's not say that. It's a viral video. It's a viral video like the other ones are putting out. They've been simply a lie. Your voice. You said that you're taking the gun. Oh, no, he just clarified it. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let's take thing. the AR, your AR-14s. Right, let's stop. We're not, we don't have AR-14s. Is there an AR-14, Mr. Producer? There's an AR-15. I own one. I don't even use it. Why did I get it? Because Barack Obama was going to outlaw them. I said, whatever they're going to outlaw, I want. An AR-15 isn't even a high-powered rifle. There are rifles that, that obviously can do a hell of a lot more damage than an AR-15. But they are made, in many cases, designed to look like a military weapon. And so this is what the left does. They deal in impressions and images. They don't deal in reality. Go ahead. Okay. Hold on, hold on. All right. Hey, let's you go. Go. There's a lot of guys. A lot of guys want it. Man. I'm not working. Is he calling the guy a horse's ass? He's pushed up against the guy. Do you see that, Mr. Producer? Puts his finger in the guy's face. Joe Biden, folks, he didn't grow up on the streets. He wasn't an amateur boxer. It was a punk who barely made it out of law school, got elected to the Wilmington City Council as a Democrat, big deal, won an upset victory for the Senate, ran against a gentleman who shouldn't have been running, he was too old, in 1972, and hasn't looked back since. He tries to be this tough guy. He's not a tough guy. He's a buffoon. But there was no reason for him to treat this man this way. None. Go to cut two, please. Go. Look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Are you, are you able to own a, a machine gun? I own a machine gun. I said, are you able to own one? Machine guns are illegal. That's right. So AR-15s are illegal. AR-15s are not illegal. What the hell is he talking about? What is he talking about? 
Folks, machine guns were not outlawed. Machine guns were put on a uh, very difficult track. Tommy guns, machine guns. You can get one, but it's extremely difficult. You have to go through 6 to 12 months. The Treasury Department's involved and so forth and so on. You can't have a bazooka, flamethrower, nuclear weapon. They always bring that up. Well, then, Mark, how do you differentiate? How do you answer them? Ladies and gentlemen, they bring up these extreme examples. We're not talking about any of those things. None of them. We're not talking about any military weapons. As a matter of fact, the guns that are sold to civilians, the guns that are sold to civilians, they ensure that they're not the same kind of guns that are put into military use. These semi-automatic weapons, we've been through, you know what a semi-automatic weapon is? You don't put your finger on the trigger and it keeps shooting. You have to keep pulling the trigger. Shoot, 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 shoot. That's a semi-automatic weapon. Whether it's a pistol or a rifle. It's not a machine gun. This is why I look at the text of the Constitution And this is why I look at what did the framers mean at the time. Now, of course, the Bill of Rights were adopted after the Constitution, but what did they mean? They didn't mean that you're stuck with flintlock muskets for the rest of time. They understood that their advancements made. But on the other hand, they weren't thinking nuclear weapons. It just wasn't even in their cranium. It wasn't in their imagination. So the way I interpret this common sense interpretation is weapons that can be put to common use. Weapons that can be used to defend a family or yourself. Weapons that can be used for target shooting. Weapons of all kinds. But that's not what Joe Biden means. That's not what he means. Go ahead. Yes, I need a hundred rounds. I know of no magazine, and maybe I'm wrong. Certainly for any handgun I own or any rifle I own, that takes a hundred rounds. But yes, I need a hundred rounds. As a matter of fact, I need a thousand rounds. If I want a target shoot, or if I have five guns that take the same rounds... I have a magazine that maybe, depending on the gun, can take five, 15 rounds. Yes, I need 100 rounds. It's not that many. People don't walk around with 100 rounds. But yes, I want 100 rounds in my home. I want 1,000 rounds. I want to be able to take it to target shoot. I want to be able to have it in case I need it. What's the problem with that? So you see how it gets narrower and narrower. The AR-15s need to go. Well, if the AR-15s need to go, then all rifles of that kind need to go. You, you understand, folks. This is a slippery slope with the left. You give them an inch, and they'll take your liberty. They'll take your liberty. Look at abortion. Oh, it's the first trimester. We break it into three trimesters. Roe versus... Nobody even thinks about Roe versus Wade anymore. They don't even talk about trimesters anymore. If that baby's in the birth canal, 
This is what they mean by late-term abortion. They kill the baby, turn it around, kill it in the birth canal. And if the baby's born because of, quote-unquote, a botched abortion, this Governor Northam and Governor Cuomo, what they were talking about and are talking about is you basically put the baby on a steel slab, a table, and you don't give it any medical attention. This is what we call a choice, you see. This is a choice. But this is what the left does. Talk about feminism. The next thing, you're talking about, well, who can go to what bathroom? All of a sudden, your genitalia is not a biological matter. It's a mental matter. This is where the left takes us. Into radical and extreme places. Go ahead. And this gentleman is really up on his facts. And these Democrats, with all due respect, don't expect you blue-collar workers to be that bright. They're so busy spinning dumb stuff. They just figure you're going to fall for it. This guy's a union guy. He works with his hands. He's supposed to be a Biden guy. And he says, how do you expect to get the union vote when you're trashing my Second Amendment rights? And then Biden tells him he's full of S. And he says, why are you advocating a ban on assault rifles when people are dying from handguns? He's right. Much of the murder that takes place in our inner cities is a result of gangs. Gangs aren't walking around with semi-automatic rifles. Some do, but most of them have handguns, semi-automatic handguns. Really appalling. That was the latest exchange between Joe Biden and an American citizen. He says he cares about the workers in America. They could care less. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. So to to gun owners out there who say, well, a Biden administration means they're going to come for my guns. Bingo. You're right if you have an assault weapon. The fact of the matter is they should be illegal, period. You see, Joe Biden is a liar. That wasn't a gaffe. He lied to that assembly line worker, that blue collar worker. You said it's on the Internet. It's there. Bingo. Bingo. This is Joe Biden at the home. Hey, bingo. 
We're going to play bingo? No, we're going to play moron. Now, there was a time when the, the candidates, several of them running against Joe Biden, raised serious questions about his, well, mental acumen. May I put it that way? I think I will. This is from Fox News, a montage. Cut three, go. The question is, does he still have his stuff? And Spontaneity. Yeah, and is he, how sharp is he? Sometimes a lack of clarity, and I think that's what I'm hearing on the ground. I think that's what a lot of people are thinking, and, uh, you know, we can't afford that at this point. You just said that two minutes ago. Are you forgetting what you said two minutes ago? Are you forgetting already what you said just two minutes ago? I think that Castro has some really uh, legitimate concerns about can he be someone in a long, grueling campaign uh, that can get the ball over the line, and he has every right to call that out. There are definitely moments where you listen to Joe Biden and you just wonder. Really? Cory Booker, Julian Castro, Andrea Mitchell, Tim Ryan. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? Mr. Producer, how did I just lose the call screen? I wanted to take some callers, but I just lost the call screen here. Let me try it again. Ladies and gentlemen, we just went to great lengths to get all this stuff working and fixed. There it is. Let's hope it stays. And also, uh, there are those who attacked Biden in the past, but now endorse him because he's all they've got. Hat tip Washington Free Beacon. You know how I give out hat tips? Is there another host in America who does that? Unlikely. Cut four, go. Is Joe Biden a return to the past? He is. And and that cannot be who we are going forward. It was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations. That's Kamala, who wants to be vice president, attacking Joe Biden as supporting segregationists. Uh, And uh, now she endorsed him. Earlier, Cory Booker, who thought Joe Biden was a little light upstairs, he endorsed him. They're all falling in line. This is why you hate politicians and politics. Go ahead. Of race in this country. Joe Biden doesn't have the experience. He's never been a manager of an organization. The presidency shouldn't be a training job. By the way, this slobbering buffoon, uh, Bloomberg, has endorsed Biden. Go ahead. Help to be an architect of mass incarceration, this is an inadequate uh, solution. This week I hear him literally say that I don't think we should legalize marijuana. I thought you might have been high when you said it. Wow, (laughs) Corey, that's your big issue, legalizing marijuana? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that's Corey. Wow, we shouldn't legalize marijuana? Wow, wow. Hey, cool, man, cool. And now Corey has endorsed Biden. Go ahead. Barack Obama, and neither is he. And this election is about where our country is headed next. I come out of the black. Now that was Buttigieg, and of course he endorsed Biden. Go ahead. In terms of my support, the only African American woman that ever been elected to the United States Senate. No, my point no, that's is, not true. The other that's one not is true. here. <laughs> come on. First, there are definitely moments where you listen to Joe Biden and you just wonder. Hmm. A lot of those moments, but we're not allowed to talk to them. Only, only you can talk about them. Only you Democrats can talk about them. Republican raise it. They just genuflect like they have Tourette's, and it goes immediately to, uh, to Trump. Hey, but what about Trump? What about Trump? What about him? I want to make a strong suggestion. 
to millions and millions of you. I want to make a strong suggestion to the president and his staff. You need to challenge whoever the winner of this Democrat primary is, either one, but likely Biden, to six to seven one-on-one debates with podiums where you each stand at a podium. Six to seven one-on-one debates. Six to seven. 60 to 90 minute debates. That'll end the campaign right there because Joe Biden, right now, you know what they're telling Joe Biden? Sanders pointed this out on Fox the other day. Seven minute speeches. Give the speech, get the hell off. They're treating him like the bubble man now. They're treating him like he has the coronavirus. Next thing you know, I'll have a mask, be wearing a hat. Maybe they'll give him a burka. Who the hell knows what they're going to do? Just don't look at him. Just don't talk about him. But vote for him. I'll be right back. This is where Hollywood liberals come for rehab. The Mark Levin Show is back at 877-381-3811. I've been talking a lot about the four pillars or purposes of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, we focus quite a bit on the first pillar of learning, but what about character? Learning the right things to the point where you truly know them is a rigorous business. It isn't possible without strong character. Hillsdale's great president, Larry Arnn, and his outstanding faculty, they know that intellectual virtue is meaningless without moral virtue. That having knowledge doesn't mean much if you don't use what you know to serve the good, however possible. A Hillsdale College student, Hillsdale College student, has to sign on to an honor code from the time that they're a freshman. And here's what it says, in part. A Hillsdale College student is honorable in conduct, honest in word and deed, dutiful in study and service, and respectful of the rights of others. Through education, the student rises to self-government, unquote. I want you to really learn about this school. They have a fantastic website. It's interactive in many respects. Just check it out. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. You've heard me talk about it. For a long time. Have you looked at it? LevinforHillsdale.com. They are terrific. What a fantastic college, really. All right, let's take some calls. Andrea, Dana Point, California, XM Satellite. Go. Hey, Mark. It's a privilege to talk to you. I love your radio show and Life, Liberty, and Levin. Uh, I wanted to call about the fake news media and... Uh, what's going on. I get the Wall Street Journal buried on page 7, although I love the Wall Street Journal. Yes, It yes. talks about the fact that China has reported a steep decline in the number of new cases of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that. That has been confirmed by the World Health Organization. I saw it on another website. And the other good news is that uh, a company in Israel, scientists, uh, have come up with, they think in a couple of weeks we'll have a vaccine. They will just yeah, have to. Do I saw all the, that too. Yeah, all the proper testing and everything. I mean, I wish we we almost you know to counteract all this 
panic and pandemonium and everything that they're putting out there for people to go hoarding toilet paper. Uh, you know. Yeah. Well, by just, the way, what is that all about? I yeah, went I into the supermarket. They're running out of toilet paper. I said, it's 65 degrees. I normally you get a half inch of flurries. And the toilet paper shelves and the bread. Why are they hoarding toilet paper? What yeah, does no, that have to re- do with the coronavirus? It reminds me of third grade when we were going to be all killed by the Russians and they told us to drop and cover. And that mm-hmm. was going to protect us, that little desk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's absurd. I call, Hey, I called you once before. And, and by the way, you. hand sanitizer, I get it. But, you know, you can use soap and water. Exactly. Exactly. You, I mean, you can use soap and water. Go home, wash your hands thoroughly, and I do. And then when you go out, when you get back home, wash your hands thoroughly. If you go into a restaurant and you're concerned you've been somewhere, go into their restroom, wash your hands thoroughly. You can use soap and water still. Yep, yep, that's the best. And I called your program one other time. I was lucky to get on about a year ago. I was a confirmed Democrat for years and years and years, and I finally woke up. You're the, terrific. The values are off, off the rails. They're, they're absolutely nuts. Well, Joe Biden, I mean, you, how do you vote for this guy? I mean, honestly, he's not there. And to the extent he is, he's a pathological liar. And then you got Bernie Sanders running around praising. You know what? You're a great call, Andrea. I'm going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. Thank you for your call. And now, folks, she reminds me. I want to play Bernie Sanders. You say, for Bernie Sanders, the problem with, quote-unquote, socialism is it just has never really been tried. Now, you know what? This is in the first chapter of Ameritopia. For you Levinites who read my books... It's in the very first chapter. They point to these disastrous cases of Marxism. They call it socialism. And then they say, that's not right what they tried there. That's authoritarianism. That's totalitarianism. I have it in my book. And they say, it's just never really been tried the right way. And Bernie Sanders, where is that, Mr. Medusa? And Bernie Sanders says this. I'm looking for it desperately. All right. Which cut is it? Uh, I thought you ran to the Wren's room there. first. All right. Listen to this. Listen to this. Cut 16. Go. As someone from Russia, a country that was greatly impacted by the negative effects of socialism, what assurances can you offer myself and other people impacted by socialism that democratic socialism will not have the same results? Good. Thank you for the question, Martha. Martha? Martha. First of all, this guy has, like, no personal quality. It's like he's got no... And this is typical with Marxists. They have ice water in their veins. I've got to answer this person. I mean, I've got big ideas, big theories. Got all kinds of abstract graphs in my head. I need to corral the people, stampede the people, push them into this, make them do that. And here I have to answer this individual. Go ahead. What happened and existed in the Soviet Union was not socialism. It was authoritarian communism. See that? See that? I'm sorry. The guy honeymoons in Moscow. He praises their subway system. He's made excuses for the old Soviet Union throughout his life. Excuses for Cuba. Excuses for Venezuela. Now he points to these cold little countries, Nordic countries, Scandinavian countries. 
as examples of what? They even reject what Benny, uh, what Benny uh, what's his name? Benny Sanders, we'll call him. <laughs> Thinking of Benny Gantz. Bernie Sanders. They even reject what he says. We're not like that. We're not social. We're capitalist. We have a welfare state like America does, but we're not socialists. No, 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 no. We're nothing like him. Anyway, you see, the problem is, ladies and gentlemen, these, these other examples, they just didn't do it right. You got to be thinking about Finland. Finland? Finland. Go ahead. By the way, the audience was packed. It's in Deerfield, Michigan, which is filled, just being honest, with Muslims and Arabs and liberals. Deerfield, Michigan. It just is. It's a statement of fact. I know it's in Wikipedia, and whatever Wikipedia says is true, isn't it? Bastards. Go ahead. Whether in Cuba, uh, whether in the Soviet Union, whether in other countries, was mocked by totalitarianism, was mocked by throwing millions of people into the gulag. Uh, Stalinism was about as bad as it, as it got. Uh, but right near, you're from Russia. I don't know if you've ever visited Finland. Is Finland, uh, Finland is a neighbor to Russia. Oh, Thanks. now it's Finland. Finland, Mr. Bedus. What happened to Denmark? What happened to Switzerland? What, what, what happened to Sweden? What ha- now it's Finland. Oh, Finland. Anybody here want our country to be like Finland? I even have Finnish blood in me. Do you remember that, Mr. Producer? We did, we did the, what was that called, that the test? They did a DNA test. They said Russian, Ukrainian. I said, oh, that's great. Russian, Ukrainian. And Finnish. I said, Finnish? The hell did that happen? No more Finnish jokes. Anyway, go ahead. Of a very democratic society with strong democratic socialist principles. Everybody in Finland has health care as a right. Their educational <laughs> system is perhaps the best in the world, and college there is free. They take environmental responsibility uh, very, very seriously. Finland. There. Finland. Finland is the example to the world. Now, coronavirus, that will be solved in Finland. And we all know the Finnish taken an enormous number of immigrants from the Middle East, from Southeast Asia, from South America. The Finnish are known to do this, absolutely. But the Finnish, they get free health care. They get free education. So we need to follow the Finnish model. Now, first of all, whatever he says is a, is a bald-faced lie. So we'd really have to look into Finland. But why am I looking into Finland? Who cares what this idiot has to say about Finland? I'm nothing against Finland, but I have nothing for Finland. Why look at Finland? Let's look at California. How's that working out? Let's look at New York. How's that working out? Let's look at New Jersey. How's that working out? Get my drift? These are Democrat strongholds. Where the people vote in Democrats and then they leave their state for a red state. Then they screw up that state. Thank you, Maryland. Thank you, D.C., for screwing up Virginia. How do you like that? And then there's Florida. People escaping New York, New Jersey, Puerto Rico. And then what do they do? Vote Democrat. You know, we like it here. No taxes. But let's vote Democrat. Let's screw this state up. California. 
On the East Coast where I grew up, everybody wanted to go to California when you were a kid. You wanted to grow up, go to California. That's where enterprise is rewarded. That's where you can do anything. You can become anything you want. Now it's homelessness, drug addicts, illegal aliens, crime through the roof, taxes through the roof, regulations through the roof. It's a liberal wonderland. I don't want to look at Finland. I'll look at California. Anyway, why does he want you to look at Finland? Because Finland's like Vermont, I suppose. Lots of snow. Lots of white people, I think, too, by the way. May I say that? Am I allowed to say that, Mr. Producer? Not that there's anything wrong with that. Obviously not. But he doesn't look at a very complex, industrialized society, which is what we are, a diverse society, which is what we are, a massively successful society, which is what we are, and say, hey, look over there. They tried socialism and it really worked over there. Because it doesn't. Well, it's never really been tried except in Finland, you know. And Denmark, of course, and Sweden. Finland, Denmark, Sweden. FDS. All right, go ahead. Lowest rates of childhood poverty in the industrialized world. And you know what? Their voting rate, people who participate in their elections, is a lot higher than it is in the United States. We know America sucks. We suck. What would the world do without Finland, Mr. Producer? What would the world do without Finland? What would it do without Finland? It can do without America, apparently. Our businesses suck. Our billionaires suck. Our medical system is lousy. Everything about America stinks, and this guy wants to be president. Why doesn't he run for president of Finland? They have a president or prime minister, whatever the hell they have. Over. Why doesn't he do that? He's more in sync with them. Or governor of California. Well, what would I run for governor? But this constant trashing America, comparing us to Finland and Denmark and Sweden, is so idiotic. It's so stupid. Go ahead. About democratic socialism, uh, Margaret, I'm talking about Finland, I'm talking about Denmark, I'm talking about Sweden. We're talking ta- about the Soviet Union, Cuba, Venezuela. We're talking about real heavy-duty Marxist regimes, not your ooh, cherry-picking of these homogeneous countries that are important, of course, but really don't leave much of a footprint on the world, or thumbprint or any print. I'm talking about countries all over the world who use their government to try and improve the lives for working families, not just the people on the top. This man is absolutely Marxist in his propaganda. We have a massive welfare state that redistributes a massive amount of money, not to the top 1%, But from one of us to another of us, it's a real shell game going on. It's a real shell game going on. If you didn't have to pay all this money into entitlements for other people, you could pay it into your own retirement. And imagine what you would have today. But it's a shell game. They control you. They frighten you. Look at the coronavirus. They they, they need to scare you into wanting more government. Even more. They need to scare you into wanting Democrats. Everyone else is incompetent. Everyone else is a crook. 
Everyone else is a ripoff. Everyone else is out to get you. Everyone else is inefficient. Everyone else is unfocused, except Bernie Sanders and Chuck Schumer and Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Nancy Pelosi. They're all competent, focused. They know how to remake the world. You know what? If you're a leftist Democrat and you vote for these, but you truly are out of your minds. I just wish there was some way to let you live with what you want and let us live with what we want. I really mean that. A massive, centralized police state, welfare state, where you don't know a man's genitalia from a woman's genitalia. I wish you all on the left could live in that world and leave the rest of us alone. The problem is you're trying to drag drag us into your hell. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. The Media Research Center has been leading the war against this. You know who else I miss? Remember a guest we used to have here now and then, Mr. Producer? You don't remember. I'm not going to give you his name. No, I said a guest, not a host. All right, forget it. The Media Research Center has been leading the war against dishonest news for over 30 years because the American people deserve the truth. The media in this country haven't provided the truth, for a very long time. They're very good at giving us opinions and propaganda, but the truth, not so much. That's why the work of the MRC, especially their Newsbusters blog, is so important. Think about the dirty dozen, Mr. Producer. They focus 100% of their attention on the anti-Trump media, and they do it like no one else. Learn more about the MRC at mrclevin.org, mrclevin.org. MRC's Newsbusters blog is one of the most important websites that every conservative should follow. They track what everyone in the media says. Right now, they're focused on dishonest campaign reporting and exposing media attacks on President Trump's response to the coronavirus outbreak. And they've been fantastic, by the way. As usual, the media never want to let a crisis go to waste. Luckily, the team of Newsbusters and the rest of the MRC are there to expose the media's dishonesty and make sure the American people get the truth. That's why we call the MRC America's Media Watchdog. Go to mrclevin.org to learn more. That's mrclevin.org. Okay, how much bigger hint could I give you? Clint Walker used to be a fairly regular guest on this program, and of course he passed away a bit ago. He was the nicest guy. Wasn't he Mr. Producer? He was a great guy. And he was a big Trump supporter. Big Trump supporter. But he passed away in his early 90s. And of course, he was Cheyenne, which was a big time TV show. uh, Among other things. And of course, from the Dirty Dozen. You might remember him. Great old movies. I'm not a big movie guy, but there's certain movies I watch over and over and over again. Dirty Dozen's one of them. Patton's one of them. Tor, Tor, Tor is another one. I guess military. The John Wayne movies. I can watch the John Wayne movies day in and day out. I love that man. Of course, they try to destroy him, too. Not here. We'll be right back. 
from the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Well, isn't that fascinating? People who were rooting for poor Bernie Sanders the underdog, the man the Democrat machine wants to defeat, are now throwing him over the bridge. You see, he just didn't fight hard enough. He just wasn't enough of a revolutionary. Oh, sure, that was it. No, Elizabeth Warren cost him. The president's exactly right. He got blown out of four or five states. He would have won, more than likely, had Elizabeth Warren not been hanging on, clinging on. Missouri and Mississippi tonight have been called for Joe Biden. And then this thing that the Democrat Party stole stole the nomination from Bernie Sanders because they, they so hate him they want Joe Biden. Ladies and gentlemen, what kind of vapid talk is this? The history of primaries is the history of winners and losers. Nothing was stolen from Bernie Sanders. He didn't get enough votes. In these different primaries, he still has a shot. I'm not saying he's the, the, the lead dog. He's clearly not. But I'm the one that told you Biden's not out of it when all these other pontificators were telling you Biden's finished. No one stole anything from Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders isn't even a Democrat by his own admission. He's not even a member of the Democrat Party. But nobody stole anything from him. Now, that's not to give any credibility to the Biden policies, campaign, or anything related to him, given his mental state. And it is shocking that the Democrats would get behind a Biden, who they know to be unfit for president of the United States. Even Obama knows it. Why do you think Obama's keeping his powder dry? Obama will jump in at the right time. He'll back his, his uh, former vice president, Obama. He'll back the Democrat Party. He'll go after Trump and all the rest of it. But he didn't want Biden. And who knows Biden better than Obama? Because Obama worked with him every day. Obama knew that this guy's head was fried. And again, I'm not one of these people that make mental health jokes. I'm not one of these people who think this is funny. I don't think this is funny at all. But Biden wants to be president of the United States. He's unfit to be president of the United States. The left and their media pals talk about the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment exists in case a guy like Joe Biden is elected. And then he demonstrates for all to see yet again that he's not up to the job. 
Not because you disagree with him. Not because you don't like the tone that he speaks in. None of that. But because he cannot do the job due to mental deficiencies. Let me put it that way. And we all see it now before the election. We all see it right now. But to say that the election or the nomination was stolen from Bernie Sanders is idiocy. Nobody stole anything from Bernie Sanders. To say that he wasn't radical enough is absurd. These are excuses by people who've been wrong every step of the way. Every step of the way. On the left, on the quasi-right, they're just trying to justify their own incoherence. But you better believe that Joe Biden's fitness for office, or the opposite, actually, needs to be and will be, if I have anything to say about it, a subject of this campaign. This isn't an attack on people who have dementia or Alzheimer's. Far from it. Far from it. This is a question of a man who wants to be president of the United States and isn't fit to be president of the United States. I've seen what happens to people who lose their memories. I've seen it. It's a horrible thing. It's horrific. So it's no joke for me. But to be perfectly honest with you, Joe Biden's family should know better than this. His wife should know better than this. The Democrat Party should know better than this. This man's not fit to be president of the United States. That's the truth. The Democrat Party, just because they choose to nominate somebody, either a Marxist or Biden, doesn't mean the rest of the country has to jump off the edge of the earth. And I mean that. We're not required to follow the Democrat Party's lead. It would be a disaster. It would be... I mean, I can't imagine. All right, let's take some calls here. Let me see if I can get the screen up fast enough, Mr. Producer. I can. Wow, it's working well. Working well. Lansing, Michigan, XM Satellite. Jeff, go. Hey, Mark, thank you for taking my call. How are you tonight? Very well, thank you, sir. All right, thank you. Um, You know, the reason I called, I'm I'm Michigan, obviously, you said that. And I was at the voting booth a little earlier. Not a lot of people turned out. I asked them, they said, well, yeah, we've had a few stragglers here and there. It's been for three hours. It was totally dead. You know, you know the, the exit polls in Michigan show that the intensity of support for Biden, people who are very, you know, motivated, 45% who voted for him, 40, less than half. You know what? The Biden vote really is a defensive vote against Sanders, pretty much, is the way I view it. Anyway, go ahead. <clears throat> so my point was, um, I've noticed a pattern. I voted for Clinton. I voted for Obama, and I apologize. <laughs> but uh, I, you should have your fingers broken. Anyway, go ahead. I am not kidding you, and I deserve that. Telling you to please turn that down. So the point I'm getting at is, is I've noticed a pattern of how they, the Democrats, do what they do. 
So, example, if I want to vote for um, a Democrat, right, no problem. I'm on the news. Everything is good. Everything is all about Democrats are doing great, doing great. If I flip the news to CNN, I hear nothing but negative, 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 negative. Literally, literally, in any five-minute window I go. But if I'm on Fox, it's totally the opposite. So then I thought, you know, maybe I should start looking at newspapers. So I start comparing Wall Street Journal. We know all the different ones. And I've noticed the exact same pattern. It's everything we hear, but a lot of people just don't believe it. All they got to do is open their eyes. The negative connotation on the entire political system is so one-sided, it, it's almost impossible not to be born a Democrat. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the first day of school. It's first day of school. Then, okay, so then how do we get it? We get it through fear. So let's let's make everyone fear us. Let's, make, uh, let's, let's get the, the African-American vote. We'll make them fear us by telling them we're going to – you know, all these new tax increases are going to, you know, whatever tax deductions, I should say, are going to destroy them. Uh, we don't help the lower class, middle class. It's such a bogus system. Mm-hmm. Let, let me let me, let me tell you something. If the country were, as Bernie Sanders says, there would have been a revolution a long time ago. You can't put down 80 percent of the people, force them into uh, impoverished situations where they believe that they don't have a future in a country, and not have a revolution. And you wouldn't need Bernie Sanders to have a revolution. If this country were, as Bernie Sanders says it is, there would have been a revolution already. But it's not, as Bernie Sanders says it is. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so the African-American vote, that's how we do We put them in fear. The Hispanics. This has been going on, really, since Franklin Roosevelt... What he did is he built a party based on district constituent groups. And he would try to reward each group, whether it was blacks or Jews or Catholics, uh, so-called white working people, white these people, this working people, that. And he would, he would subsidize these various communities. And he'd create programs for these various communities. And he would then attack people who disagree with him as being anti these various communities and that politics was so successful the democrats have have clung to it ever since and so they may change constituent group you see it now you see it happening where they're they're basically abandoning jews for muslims you can see it uh they're basically abandoning <clears throat> catholics for secularists and you see more and more of this going on and so they'll change they were as they once supported um uh citizens, union members, and so forth. Now they like illegal aliens because they're more likely to vote Democrat once they bring their family in, and it's 75% rate among Hispanics and so forth. It's all a calculation. It's not a conspiracy. It's right in front of your face. It's all a calculation. The Democrat Party is a party of disparate groups that are rewarded with government uh, largesse and government protection. And same with various entities. For instance... The Democrats never, ever say that they are going to investigate colleges and universities and their tuition. What they say is, let's let's, uh, pay for all your loans and let's give free college. But they never say, why is the cost so expensive? Why? Because you have all these tenured Marxist professors and administrators and so forth who control these various campuses. So they're not going to attack. Look at the trial lawyers. The trial lawyers are among, if not the biggest, donors to the Democrat Party 
among the biggest donors to the Democrat Party. You never hear them talk about tort reform or anything like this. So they go after various so-called or would-be Republican constituent groups or various so-called or would-be Republican entities, tax them, brutalize them, and so forth, while they protect their own. Thank you for your call, my friend, Lansing, Michigan. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Now we have Bernie Sanders. I was asked today by an excellent reporter, and I'm asked this a lot, being Jewish and all, how do you explain the fact that a large percentage of the Jewish population in this country remains Democrat and rejects Trump? And uh, Podesta, Norm, Norm, excuse me, Norm Podhoritz, excuse me, Norm Podhoritz wrote an entire book on this. I had him on my radio show. And he pointed out, bottom line is, is for many American Jews who are more secular than otherwise, liberalism is their religion. And that's the best explanation he could come up with. I think he's probably right. Now, that said, Bernie Sanders is not a liberal. Bernie Sanders is a Marxist. Can you show me any Marxist regime in which Jews are treated with respect? Or for that matter, most minorities are treated with respect. Very few that I can th- I can't think of any, actually. Look how the communist Chinese are wiping out the Muslims, the Tibetans, and the Muslims being the Uyghurs. Look how they're wiping out the Christians, as a matter of fact, and their churches. The Soviet Union and the Jewish refuseniks, how they used to put them in gulags and so forth. You look all over, Marxism is anti-most minorities, but in a, in a strange way, it's particularly anti-Judaism. And Marx was born a Jew, but he's never a practicing Jew, never identified as a Jew, but he was what he was. 
he was what he was. And so you look at Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders doesn't practice his faith. That is, he doesn't go to synagogue on a regular basis. Not that you have to. You don't have to. But he's not a quote-unquote religious Jew. He talks about going to a kibbutz in Israel for a few months when he was much younger. These are little communes of sorts. But his kibbutz stood out from any other because it was a hardcore Marxist commune, heavy on indoctrination. He doesn't mention that. What he does, like in the town hall meeting last night on Fox, and what he'll do in Florida is say, I'm Jewish. I'm a proud Jew. And I believe that Israel has the right to exist. Now, first of all, how ridiculous a statement is that? Of course Israel has the right to exist. Uruguay has the right to exist. Every country has the right to exist. But they chalk that up as a demonstration of their support for Israel. America has the right to exist. It's just a weird statement. <clears throat> but then he goes on and he, he whitewashes the issues. So he'll say things like, But the Palestinians have a right to exist too. Who said the Palestinians don't have a right to exist? That's not the choice. But they need to be treated with respect too. Well, they need to be treated with respect by Hamas and Fatah. These are the entities, the terrorist enemies that rule over them. Abbas's family controls the businesses, the money, the geography of the Palestinian Authority. The terrorists that run Hamas control everything. Whether somebody gets a job, whether somebody eats, and so forth and so on. They don't hold regular elections, honest elections. These are terrorist organizations in one form or another. So who's putting down whom? The Arabs and Palestinians that live in the state of Israel, they're not treated the way that Palestinians are treated in the Gaza Strip or in the Palestinian Authority, they have a much freer existence to participate in the economy and so forth. They even get to elect members to the Knesset. Members who are now joining with the so-called Blue and White Party and Benny Gantz to destroy Benjamin Netanyahu. Craziest damn thing. But Bernie Sanders is not pro-Israel or pro-Zionist. Zionist simply means pro a nation state for the Jewish people. It's now used as a pejorative, but that's all it means. And then Bernie Sanders calls the longest serving prime minister of Israel a racist who supports apartheid. Well, the Jewish people in Israel have elected him repeatedly, Netanyahu. But he calls him, like he does Trump, a racist, a right winger coming out of the mouth of a Marxist. He never talks about Abbas this way. He never says Abbas is a racist or a terrorist, and yet he's both. Or the leaders of Hamas, he never talks about them that way. No. The elected prime minister of Israel, the longest serving prime minister in Israel's history, that's how he makes these comparisons. So now, having laid the groundwork after the break, I want to play to you what Bernie Sanders said yesterday. 
about the state of Israel and how still American Democrat Jews will vote overwhelmingly Democrat, even if it were Bernie Sanders or Obama all over again. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Tomorrow morning, my wife and I are going to visit our tax man, CPA. And we're going to see if I've paid enough taxes to the federal government and to the state government, Virginia. Just so you know, all levels of taxation, I pay almost half of every dollar I earn. There just aren't a hell of a lot of deductions anymore. Half of almost every dollar I earn. In the state of Virginia, I pay almost 6% in state income taxes. If I move to the state of Florida, there's a handful of them, Tennessee, Washington State, a couple others I can't remember. But Florida, where we have a place, I don't pay any state income taxes. None. None. It's the quickest way to save money. But I'm going to find out now whether one level of government or another owes me money or whether I owe them money. It's going to be very close because I'm always very careful about it. We both are. But it's really repulsive to hear these leftists go on and on and on. And I'm not even in the top 1%. And then to watch their supporters like a mob with pitchforks and burning clubs Demanding more of my money. Demanding more of your money. It's incredible. But I laid the foundation last segment. Here's Bernie Sanders at the Fox Town Hall last night. Cut 17, go. The United States cannot continue to maintain a one-sided policy toward the Middle East. Now let me stop there. Why not? Why can't the United States back a country that shares its values and not uh, organizations or groups or authorities that do not. We do this all the time. 
Bernie Sanders and Nancy Pelosi earlier, I played that for you, they'll, they'll talk about the indigenous people of the United States, Native Americans. How come they don't talk about the indigenous people of Jerusalem, the indigenous people of Judea and Samaria, the indigenous people of Hebron, or the indigenous people, for that matter, Christians of Bethlehem? How is it that the indigenous people are Palestinians? History didn't begin 150 years ago in America. That's not how Sanders and Pelosi and the rest of them look at American history. Well, history didn't begin 150 years ago in the Middle East either. The Jews have been there nearly 4,000 years. It seems to me that if the Native Americans have a claim to North America... That the Jews have a claim to Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem and so forth and so on. But not according to Bernie Sanders, who will remind you that he's a Jew. And not according to any Democrat who's been running for president. And not according to most Jews who are Democrats in Congress. Which is shocking to me. And I can say these things. And I will. And I'll keep saying it. The indigenous people in Judea and Samaria, in Jerusalem, in the city of David, in Hebron, and I can go on and on and on, are the Jews. Closely followed by the Christians. You won't find the Palestinians in the Bible. You can look in the Old Testament or the New Testament. They're not there. Just saying, that doesn't mean they shouldn't be treated with respect. But they need to be treated with respect by the people who rule them, by the people who lord over them, by the people who steal from them. In the Palestinian Authority, I'm not even talking about Gaza Strip. If a Palestinian sells his house or his property to a Jew, they are subject to capital punishment. That seems a little harsh, doesn't it, ladies and gentlemen? I think it does. Just me, one man speaking. So he says we can't have a one-sided policy toward the Middle East. We have a one-sided policy in a lot of countries and a lot of regions of the world. So I don't know what this is. The left seems to think they own the state of Israel. That it's their plaything. That they can determine what Israel is supposed to look like. That they can determine what the security situation in Israel is. That they can make all these determinations. Why do you think Obama's guys are advising the opposition to Netanyahu? Go ahead. By the way, again, this is a town hall held in Dearborn, Michigan. Which is a heavy Arab Muslim population. Go ahead. Israel needs absolutely to be guaranteed the right to live in peace and security. Now, let's stop there. Israel doesn't need Bernie Sanders to say that. That's a throwaway line with Bernie Sanders. Israel has built up its own military, its own intelligence system. Virtually all of its people serve in the military. Men and women alike. Young men and women alike. In the IDF. When Israel didn't have such a fierce military. 
when Israel defended itself but was the underdog surrounded by these other militaries, then people like Bernie Sanders, then our media, came to Israel's defense. Now that Israel can defend itself and wipe out any country in the Middle East, now it's the enemy, much like the United States, because we're powerful, because they're powerful. Go ahead. About that, and I will defend that right. But the Palestinians... You don't have to defend that right. They don't need Bernie... This is what I mean about this paternalism. They don't need Bernie Sanders, who despises, despises Netanyahu and the government of Israel, and despises much of what this, this nation has done and stands for. That's the truth. They don't need Bernie Sanders to say that he stands for their defense. They're going to defend themselves... Bernie Sanders or no Bernie Sanders. He's irrelevant to that country. Go ahead. People need also to understand that the United States believes they have a right to live in dignity and with justice. They cannot live in dignity and justice as long as Hamas controls the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. And he doesn't say this. And as long as the Palestinian Authority controls the Palestinians in that territory. He will never condemn Abbas. He will never condemn the leadership of Hamas. Not the way he trashes Netanyahu. Not the way he trashes Trump, for that matter. Go ahead. And what I am very concerned about, what I am very concerned about is that over many years, especially under Netanyahu, we have seen a right-wing drift in Israel, I have called Netanyahu a racist. I believe that is true. Now, this is outrageous. The Jews in Israel and under Netanyahu's leadership don't give out subsidies and pensions to families of Jews who kill Palestinians. It doesn't happen. It's not in their DNA. It's not in their makeup. Yet Abbas gives pensions and subsidies to the families of terrorists who kill Jews. And the more they kill, and the more outrageous the act of terrorism, the more they receive. We're not talking about relativism here. We're talking about good and evil. But he never mentions Abbas being a terrorist. He never mentions Hamas as a terrorist organization. But Netanyahu's a racist who's been elected repeatedly and is the longest serving PM of the state of Israel. This is why I'm spending time on this. This man has surrounded himself with bigots and anti-Semites and he gets away with it. Linda Sarsour, Rashida Talib, Ilhan Omar, and this is just to name a few. There's others out there whose names you're not familiar with who are part of organizations and movements that have as their purpose to economically strangle Israel, the BDS movement, and worse. And he gets away with this. This is why he'll never come on my show, whatever platform, whether it's economics, which I'd love to debate with him, whether it's Israel, which I'd love to debate with him, whether it's philosophy, which I'd love to debate with him, he'll never do it because he's a coward. Go ahead. On the other hand, when you look at Gaza, you are looking at a terrible, terrible situation where youth unemployment is, I believe, somewhere around 60 or 70 percent. And why is that? It's on the Mediterranean. 
It could be a beautiful area. There could be a lot of international activity. There could be a lot of activity with, with the, the Israelis. Why is that? Because Hamas is a terrorist organization that wants the destruction of Israel. He never mentions that whether it's Abbas or Hamas, they won't even recognize the right of Israel to exist. To exist. Go ahead. Unable to leave serious health conditions, that is unsustainable. So what the United States has got to do, and I'm not here to tell you it is easy, but to treat both sides with respect. It amazes me that this guy talks up Cuba, then takes a few steps back because he realizes he stepped out and he needs to pretend. Talks up the Chinese system. Talks up all these systems, which have no respect for anybody but their own Communist Party and regime. Tell me, how many Christians serve in the Chinese parliament? Well, the Chinese parliament, such as it is, their Congress, is only populated by Xi supporters. I can tell you the Arab Palestinians who are in the Knesset, tell me, how many Jews serve under Abbas? How many Jews serve under Hamas? None. He doesn't say that they need to treat the Jews in the Gaza Strip or the Palestinian Authority with respect. Never even crosses his lips. All right, I probably lost half of you. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Man, this show goes fast, at least for the host. All right, Mr. Producer, let me see. How much time do we have left, sir? All right, we have time for a phone call or two. Mike, New York City, New York, the great WABC, go. How are you, Mark? Ahead, uh, yeah, I just want to mention that uh, uh, Bernie's not mentioning the fact that the Scandinavian countries were amongst the first to euthanize the elderly and the seniors for no reason whatsoever. And this started back like in the late 
the 80s, early 90s. I used to listen to a Christian station in the city, and I even, you know, got that information where you're talking about birth without sustainment when they when they stopped the partial birth abortion, and then they says, okay, we'll uh, put the baby on a steel table, and it was called birth without sustainment. I used to get yep. my news from that Christian station. But one of the one piece of the news was that. Uh, the Scandinavian countries were amongst the first to euthanize senior citizens for no reason. You're right. Thank you, Mike, for reminding us. Absolutely. Susan, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark, you're the best. But I got to just weigh in on Michigan because I grew up there and my dad was in the auto industry. Yeah. And uh, I would be very surprised. I think you're going to have a very low turnout because both of these candidates on the Democratic side are endorsing the green, the fraudulent Green New Deal, which would be devastating to all the auto industry and the zillions of ancillary right. businesses. They would destroy the auto industries because of the combustion engine. You need oil. You need gasoline. You need the, the ability to be mobile. And you're right. They would destroy. And this is what Trump really needs to hammer. And I think he will. What we used to call the smokestack industries, but they're not even smokestacks so much anymore. He would destroy the auto industry, the coal industry, the steel industry, industry, period, industry, period. And the price of gasoline for everybody that fills up their car will go through the roof. That's all these people know. But I think you're right. The auto workers... I just can't imagine these, these, these union guys, the Teamster guys. I just can't imagine them going for this, truck drivers or anybody else, this and radical agenda. And all the ancillary businesses, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Plus the fact that, um, you know, you heard how smart that uh, the one that you were uh, speaking had on earlier. Uh, oh, yeah. Confronted by Joe Biden. On the which- Second Amendment. Yep. I got to run, Susan. Excellent call. Thank you so much. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Check out Levin TV tonight. It's really, really a hot show. And I will see you tomorrow right here. God bless each and every one of you. Be well. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.